Thank you for joining us and welcome back to On the Bandwagon. I am Elias. With me, as always, is Ben DiNucci's number one stan. It's Kyla. <laughs> hey, what's up? <laughs> what a game last Sunday night, huh? That was terrible to watch. <laughs> <laughs> we'll cover week eight. We've got some intriguing good and bad matchups this week for week nine, including Kyla saying some true things about Lamar Jackson and me likely getting defensive about it. (laughs) There is a ton to talk about. And as always, we'll start with how the previous week went for our fantasy teams. Kyla, kick us off. Well, my week was pretty terrible. It's a case of, oh, how the mighty have fallen. Because I was coming off my best game in week seven into my absolute worst game of the season. And I thought I'd already had, I mean, I've had some pretty bad weeks, so I thought (laughs) I had already had my worst game, but I was wrong. I couldn't even get upset about it on Sunday because it was so bad that it was comical. And I'm like, of course. And I kind of had the feeling because my week was so good in week seven. All my guys were amazing. So it's not surprising that they would have a down week. I mean, they're not going to have outstanding weeks every single week but i scored only 83 and a half points total all my guys together scored 83 and a half points and then in in Uh, week seven you had what like 175 something like that yeah so a big big drop off (laughs) right um, two of my starting spots got zero points, which was the Green Bay defense, which I wasn't happy about having to start. Like I said last week, the uh, streaming defense pool was pretty shallow last week, so I went with Green Bay. They got zero. And Kenny Galladay also got zero because he left the game with an injury before catching a pass. I ended up going with Dallas Goddard in my tight end spot, which was a mistake because he got two and a half points and Jared Cook got 16.1 on my bench. Oh, no. (laughs) Um, Clyde Edwards-Elair was a big disappointment and a blowout win against the Jets. He played more snaps than Le'Veon Bell, but split touches evenly with him in a game where the Chiefs barely ran the ball again. Yeah, it was kind of a weird game. Like they just they they knew they could pass and they just didn't even worry about it. Right. They, they just they just threw the ball all over the yard and that was it. <laughs> yeah, which really sucks for Clyde Edwards Elaire right. fantasy <laughs> coaches. I am officially extremely worried about Clyde at this point. He finished with only six point one points from six carries, twenty one rushing yards, and three catches for ten yards. His worst game of the year by far. Um, I also don't know what was going on with Todd Gurley. We were kind of talking about this on Thursday. He seemed like he was hurt or something. He kept going in and out of the game. He was getting up kind of slow when he would get hit. But they never declared him to have an injury. And as far as I know now, he doesn't have an injury de- designation. Uh, but he, I'm, You know, I have no proof, obviously. But I, I think the knee is starting to bother him. I think it's it, finally happening. Yeah. Hopefully he doesn't decline. You know, just like a steep drop off the rest of the year, and maybe he'll just have weeks where, where he, you know, is is feeling it more than others. But as a fantasy owner, that's just something that obviously sucks if you don't know. You know, if he's going to be going out or not. It's funny you say that. How was the weather and and uh, during that game? Was it cold or like rainy or anything? I don't remember. I think it was a little rainy, to be honest. 
Because if he's got arthritis in his knee, that would make sense. <laughs> Feeling <laughs> it in his bones. <laughs> that makes me a little bit more optimistic, actually, because <laughs> maybe just since the weather was bad, his knee was bothering him a little bit, so he couldn't... <laughs> He, he turns to Matt Ryan, storm's coming, Matty. I can feel it. I can feel it in my knee. My arthritis is acting up. <laughs> oh, okay. Anyway, he was not targeted <laughs> at all in that game, which I think was the first time since week two that he did not receive a target. He did still have 18 carries for 46 yards and saved his day with a touchdown. I was jumping off the couch when he got that touchdown. Uh, but he finished with only 10.6 points in our league, which is a PPR league. Moving on to A.J. Brown. Things looked bleak for, him, bleak for him for a while. But he did catch a touchdown, so that saved him as well. And he finished with 12.4 points from a 424-1 line. I think that's probably his worst game since he came back from injury. But he still got double-digit points, so you can't you know, complain too much about that. The only bright spots from this week on my team were Justin Herbert with 21.22 points. He had 278 yards, three touchdowns, and 21 yards on the ground. He did also throw two interceptions, though, so he should have had four more points. Um, and then Allen Robinson also had a good game, six receptions for 87 yards and a touchdown, 20.7 points, and then my kicker got 10 points. I did leave some points on the bench. Um, and Miles Gaskin, he scored 13.3 from 18 carries, 47 yards and a touchdown, and three catches for 16 yards. He should have had 15 points, but he also lost a fumble. So he did outscore both of the starting running backs that I started um, this week. And then I think the only other thing worth mentioning was that I had Leonard Fournette on the bench, who also got 10 points, I think. I'd have to double check and make sure, but I wrote this before. Uh, I wrote my notes before the... Um, Monday night football game, so I'm not sure. Yeah, but it seems like the the uh, Tampa Bay RB situation is back to being very very murky. You yeah, know? very Jones, up in the air. Ronald Jones was like fifth in the NFL in rushing, I believe, but then yeah. Fournette came back and Jones was barely in the game, which doesn't make a whole <laughs> lot of sense. But well, I did I do know that Jones lost a fumble in that game, and they benched him for a couple of oh, quarters. I think. Okay. Um, but even in the week before, they split touches pretty evenly. So it seems like that might be their plan moving forward. We'll see how it goes. But I am now three and five. I dropped back down to eighth place. So seventh place ahead of me is also three and five with slightly more points. And sixth place is four and four. So I've got a little time to still make a, a playoff push. But uh, time's definitely running out for me, for sure. <laughs> But you were 0 and 4, correct? I was, yeah. So now sitting at 3 and 5, you you know your team has like that blow up capability. Yeah. Where you can have those huge weeks. I think you're going to be okay. <laughs> I you hope just so. You're going to win this week because if you don't get one this week, then you pretty much have to win four straight. Right, which is gonna... hard to do. Hard to do. Even though uh as I'm about to talk about our league is kind of top heavy at this moment, but you got to think seven and six could still probably get you in there. So you just yeah. have to win three out of those last four. Yeah. Um, in week eight, I won 134.32 to 91.74. Wow. This marks a three game win streak for the, for the mean machine. 
Uh, I was worried coming into this week because of my injury situation. Chris Carson was out. Chris Godwin was out. And I picked up Carlos Hyde to fill in for Carson. <laughs> and then Hyde wound up being hurt as well. So I Antonio... think Hyde... Sorry, Hyde ended up being more hurt than Chris Carson, didn't he? <laughs> I believe so. Carson, it seemed like, had a better chance of playing by the end of the week. So that yeah. was obviously very confusing. Antonio Gibson was on his bye week. So my starting RBs wound up being Derek Henry and Justin Jackson. As always, Henry was very dependable, 19.2 points. He finished with 18 carries for 112 yards and a touchdown. And I was pleasantly surprised by Jackson, who had 17.2 points. He ran for 89 yards and had three receptions for 53 yards. He seems to be trending in a good direction, which is nice to see if I'm going to have that many injuries on my team, mm -hmm. which is going to happen this week as well. Speaking of which, Calvin Ridley continued my streak of someone in my starting lineup getting hurt. <laughs> which I do think now is at five, maybe there five are. weeks in a row, six six weeks out of eight. Yeah. There Something are not like many that. options left for people to get hurt in your starting lineup, though, so maybe you're over that. <laughs> I'm not going to jinx anything. There are a couple of guys I can think of, but I'm not going to, you know, speak of that and have it, you know, out in the universe. I don't want that yeah. to happen. <laughs> so... Ridley finished with just 7.2 points. Luckily, it didn't matter. Hopefully, he can return soon. Tyler Boyd snagged six receptions for 67 yards and a touchdown for 19.6 fantasy points. And in my flex, I had the option of Deontay Johnson or Brandon Ayuk. I repped Ayuk on last week's pod. I felt like that was the right choice, and I kind of had to play him. He rewarded me with eight yeah. catches, 91 yards, and a score of 23.1 points. Johnson's roller coaster season continued with just 1.6 points on my bench, and I think he wound up leaving that game for a little bit as well. Oh, just did like he? he does really every week. I don't really know, but only 1.6 points. I can't drop him, and I am thoroughly afraid to play him. He is just a fixture of my bench right now. <laughs> I don't really know what to do about him. He's the captain of the bench. Yeah, he's the team cheerleader, basically, you know. <laughs> At a quarterback, Lamar Jackson was a turnover machine in his game against the Steelers. He had just 14.8 points. We'll talk about him more later. His teammate, Mark Andrews, was also underwhelming in the tight end spot with just 6.2 points. Kicker Brandon McManus had seven points, and my defense came through in a big way. Philadelphia had 20 points against the god-awful Cowboys. Huh. on Sunday Night Football. So if you've learned anything from the last two weeks, it's a play for your defense. Play whoever is playing Dallas. Because I think Washington got 17 points last week, and then Philly got, you said 20? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and there's essentially no way that the Steelers are out there as a free agent right now yeah, in true. your fantasy league. But if they are, by some cool. miracle, you need to pick them up. Yeah. This week they are playing Dallas. I am now in a five-way tie for first place in our league at five and three. Technically, I'm in fourth due to points scored. But uh, I think injuries will be pretty difficult to overcome this week. We'll see how it goes. We'll talk about that at the end. I potentially will have Ridley, Godwin. We'll see what happens with Carson. I could potentially have all those people out. 
I like how you spent fourth place into a five-way tie for first place. <laughs> well, I, I am in a five-way tie. I'm five and three. However, with points scored, I'm technically in fourth. So, you know, what if? What if I'm the only team? I haven't looked at the matchups. I could technically be in first by the end of by the end of next week. You never know. <laughs> okay. If it makes you feel better, I'm in fourth. <laughs> but I'm five and three. Well, you're doing better than me. So. <laughs> and, you know, that was that was week eight for me. So <laughs> next up, we've, we've got our winners and losers for week eight. Uh, yeah. Would you like to start us off or, or should I? I could go. My winner okay. of the week should be no surprise to anybody. It is Dalvin Cook. Um, he isn't really somebody we've mentioned very much on this podcast this season, but I had him last year. So we talked a lot about him last year, and I don't remember speaking about him very much at all this year. Yeah, there hasn't been as much Kubiak talk with uh, <laughs> with the Vikings not doing well. But, you know, our guy Gary Kubiak came through again. Yeah. Um, this week, Dalvin Cook returned from injury, and he was without a doubt the focal point of the Vikings offense. He carried the ball 30 fucking times. 30 times, which is crazy, uh, for 163 yards and three touchdowns, and then he caught three catches for 63 yards and another score. He accounted for 70% of the Vikings' total yards on offense. And according to Roto World, he is the first player to score a touchdown on each of his team's first four possessions since the 1970 NFL-AFL merger. First player in history since that merger to do that. So what a week he had. He looked incredible. Yeah. He did not look injured at all. Amazing week for Dalvin Cook. Yeah, it was nice to see. Uh, the Packers are now thoroughly confusing. <laughs> yeah. From week to week. And uh, it makes all the sense in the world that they would want to keep the ball away from Kirk Cousins. Just have yeah. him hand the ball off or throw short to Dalvin Cook and let him do his thing. Yeah. Makes a ton of sense. My winner of the week is Patrick Mahomes, the quarterback for the Chiefs, had a huge performance. It was against the Jets, but hey, they get paid too. So <laughs> it still it still counts. <laughs> it does. 38.64 points. Mahomes finished with 416 yards and five touchdowns. It was the first time this season that he had reached either one of those plateaus. The most impressive part of the performance was that he didn't play the final 922 of the game. Four of his touchdowns were from 26 yards out or more. And now on the season, Mahomes is the number one ranked player in our fantasy league. He has 21 touch touchdowns and just one pick Yeah, on the season. Uh, we'll see, but it's either going to be him or Wilson. You've got to think for MVP. Yeah, you would think. He did have an amazing week, which is not good for the running back situation in Kansas City. I have decided, I mean, you know, before the season, we talked about how you want Andy Reid's running back on your team. And that might be the case if he had a different quarterback besides Patrick Mahomes. But I have decided that I never want a Kansas City running back on my fantasy team ever again. <laughs> because Patrick Mahomes the, is so amazing. For the two years we've been doing the podcast, the Andy Reid RB situation has gone from you want the RB on your team at all times to, well, you know, yeah. week yeah. to week. And it's because Patrick Mahomes is so good. He doesn't really need 
a running back to, I don't know. I, I mean, don't just imagine if they still had Damian Williams. He'd already have like 3,000 <laughs> yards on the ground by now. <laughs> oh, yeah, he totally would. <laughs> <laughs> All right. My loser of the week is Jonathan Taylor. So Frank Reich is saying now that Jonathan Taylor is dealing with a little bit of an ankle injury, but this did not come up until after the game. On Sunday, it seems like the Colts just rode the hot hand in this one, which was disappointing after such high expectations for Jonathan Taylor coming out of the bye. So he he wasn't the lowest scorer of the week by any means, but just with the hype uh, coming out of the bye and the expectation that he was going to get, you know, most of the workload and he didn't. He finished with 11 carries for 22 yards and two catches for nine yards. He seeded touches to both Jordan Wilkins and Naeem Hines. Uh, Wilkins had 20 carries for 89 yards and a touchdown. He also had a 24-yard catch. And then Hines only had five carries for eight yards, but he did have three catches for 54 yards and two touchdowns. So definitely not a situation that was expected or predicted and a shitty situation for that backfield as far as fantasy purposes go. Yeah, I've got Taylor in a different league, and I was very disappointed. I wound up losing my game i don't know by like eight or nine points but yeah taylor had what five yeah yeah it was something like that. five around five points uh really disappointing and i'm very worried going forward <laughs> with him if he's yeah. startable or not and you never know at, yeah. at this point with the way some of these committees have gone he could start this next week and wind up with like 20 points yeah, but you don't know. You have no way to know. No, there's <laughs> there's no way to tell. <laughs> so one person, not fantasy-wise technically, but one person that did have a worse week than Jonathan Taylor is my loser of the week, and that is Jared Goff. <laughs> Goff was turning the ball over left and right. He lost a pair of fumbles and threw two picks. He should have had maybe two more picks that the Dolphins dropped. One of his fumbles happened when he failed to recognize a blitz from... I want to say it was Emmanuel Ogba off the edge, and he just got crushed. Wow. Just like feet off the ground, ball in the air. <laughs> like he just got absolutely crushed. And they took that back for a touchdown. Football, obviously a team sport, but it I got to watch the majority of the first half of that game at a pub in Las Vegas. Anyway. Uh <laughs> He pretty much single-handedly lost the game yeah. for, the, for the Rams. He was terrible in the first half. He still finished with 12.2 points because of all the passing they had to do in the second half. He had 61 attempts, and he got 355 yards. But overall, it was truly a nightmare. And now, the Dolphins, if you're looking to pick up a fantasy defense, they've gotten over 10 points in three straight games. Yeah. The Miami defense has really done well, kind of quietly, have been pretty good this year. And uh, I'm not surprised that Jared Goff had such a terrible game. We know I, I'm not. Jared Goff and I are not friends after uh, how dirty he did me last season. After He <laughs> <I drafted laughs> was supposed to be my steal of the draft last year. I got him in the 12th round. And according to Yahoo, he was the steal of the draft. And I'm like, no, fuck you. You're wrong. <laughs> he wasn't. <laughs> I mean, he's he's no Ben DiNucci. <laughs> no, he's not. But uh yeah, as as for golf, it was it was scary. And we're talking about the Dolphins. They 
are playing the Cardinals this upcoming week. So if you are one of the people out there, and Kyla is not going to like this, if you're one of those people that want to carry two defenses <laughs> just for a little bit, just to see how they do, the Dolphins defense, not a bad pickup. I don't know if you should play them this week against Kyler Murray, but I'm sure there are some, really any of the other teams in their division right now, not a bad play. If you want to pick up a second defense for one week, I will allow it. But if you carry two deep, there are people in our league who've been carrying two defenses the whole year. And I think that is dumb. <laughs> I don't think you can never play more than one defense at a time. Generally, there's a defense unless you have like one of the really good defenses. If you've got Pittsburgh or Buffalo or whatever. And even Buffalo, not even every week at this point, I don't think. But if you got yeah, one of those, yeah. fine. But. If you don't have one of those top defenses, there are other defenses out there that can be good enough week to week. You're you're right. It gets shaky after that. <laughs> it does. You know, if you don't have, I guess the Bears defense would probably be in that in that conversation. One you'd yeah. probably want to hold on to. Yeah. But uh, anyway, moving on, we got some injury updates for Week Nine. Lots of injury updates. The biggest injury update. I would say is a Christian McCaffrey is most likely going to play this week against the chiefs. He practiced Wednesday and the Panthers coach, Matt rule is hopeful that McCaffrey's coming back. So for all of you out there who drafted him in the first round and have been awaiting his return, if you weren't able to draft Mike Davis or I guess not draft Mike Davis, if you weren't able to pick him up and replace McCaffrey with him, then hopefully McCaffrey can come back and give you the same amount of production that you uh, were hoping for when you drafted him. Yeah. And then we've got the 49ers and the Packers who are supposed to play tomorrow night. This is Wednesday afternoon when we're recording this. At this moment, though... The 49ers' entire offense is on this list as well. (laughs) Basically, yeah. So Kendrick Bourne, the wide receiver, was placed on the COVID-19 list on Wednesday. The 49ers facility was shut down, and you'd think that Thursday night football is definitely in in jeopardy. Maybe they would move it back to Sunday. We will see. And now for the rest of the 49ers list, we have George Kittle, tight end. He has a broken bone in his foot. He will be placed on IR and could face an eight-week recovery, in which case he's likely out for the year. The The replacement for him is either Ross Dwelly, or Jordan Reed, and Jordan Reed, we'll see, but there is a chance that he'll come off of IR for tomorrow's game, and I think Jordan Reed would be a good a good pickup because the tight end is just using that offense so much. Yeah, Jimmy Garoppolo placed on IR. I guess it's not the same ankle sprain. It's a whole new ankle sprain, according yeah. to Kyle Shanahan. He uh, was placed on IR and will be out at least four to six weeks, but he might need surgery. He might also be out for the year. Receiver Debo Samuel will not play in Week 9, and Tevin Coleman, the RB, will also not play in Week 9. Coleman might be out a little longer, both dealing with leg issues. And then some Packers guys. Aaron Jones, calf. Uh, He was limited in Tuesday's walkthrough, and the Packers don't think that he'll play tomorrow, but we'll see. And then there are also COVID-19 issues with the Packers. Jamal yeah. Williams and A.J. Dillon 
were both placed on the COVID-19 list. So that's basically their entire running back group uh-huh. that is unlikely to play. And off the top of my head right now, even though I read it before the pod, I do not remember who the emergency play would be. Yeah, I don't if, know. I don't think it would even be worth it. If I, they need him. Yeah. yeah. So if they do end up pushing this game back, though, you think Jamal Williams might have a chance to play because he was placed on the COVID-19 as a close contact to A.J. Dillon. And I think if they isolate for five days and test negative, they can come back to the team. So if they push the game back, Jamal Williams might have a chance to play. You'd think they'd have to push the game back, but there have also been a lot of games that have seemingly been in jeopardy the last few weeks, and the NFL has just pushed forward. Mm -hmm. So we shall see. Yeah. Moving right along on this list, uh, Gardner Minshew, the quarterback for the Jacksonville Jaguars, has apparently multiple fractures and a strained ligament in his right thumb. Uh, He has evidently been dealing with this since week five, but the coaching staff was unaware. They have declared him out for week nine. Calvin Ridley, the wide receiver for Atlanta, has a midfoot sprain. He did not practice on Wednesday. It's questionable as of now, but he is likely out until after the week 10 bye. Moving on to my team here, a couple injuries. Kenny Galladay, (laughs) wide receiver for Detroit Lions, as we already said, has a hip injury. He is ruled out for week nine. He will undergo more tests, but is considered week to week. And then Miles Gaskin popped up uh, last night, I think, on the injury report with an MCL sprain, and he will miss three weeks, they've said. Um, Daryl Henderson, running back for the Los Angeles Rams, has a thigh injury. The Rams are on a bye this week, um, but Sean McVay says, that he will be fine for week 10. Uh, T.Y. Hilton, the wide receiver for the Indianapolis Colts. Not that you were starting him anyway, but he is a groin injury. (laughs) (laughs) He is questionable. He did not participate in practice on Wednesday. Frank Reich said he doesn't necessarily need to practice, so he could be a game-time decision. If you're desperate for a wide receiver play and you were planning on playing T.Y. Hilton, keep an eye on that situation. Right. I think you got better options out there, but you know, some people like T.Y. Hilton. Maybe you want to take the risk. <laughs> practice. Who who needs practice? <laughs> We're talking about practice. <laughs> uh, two RBs for the Seahawks, as we mentioned. Uh, no update for Chris Carson or Carlos Hyde. Both still potentially could be out. Kyla's favorite, Kenyon Drake. God. The RB for Arizona. Uh, the ankle injury, according to coach Cliff Kingsbury, is not as severe as once thought, but he is still likely out for this week. You so know, look for Chase Edmonds out there on the wire, potentially. Yeah, this is bad to say, but I was disappointed to see that it wasn't as severe as they thought it was. <laughs> just, to, just to add some like clarity to your fantasy situation. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, I don't no, want I him get it. To be, I don't want him to be significantly injured. I wouldn't wish that on anybody. But if he could miss a few weeks, just so that situation could become a little more clear, that would be nice. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> I I have Chase Evans in another league. I was kind of hoping for the same thing, <laughs> to be honest. Uh, Chris Godwin, as we as we talked about, he, he missed last week. Fractured index finger. He was a full participant in Wednesday's walkthrough, but his status is still up in the air because apparently it was just a walkthrough. And he didn't have to catch any passes. So, as we all know, as a receiver, catching passes is important. <laughs> that, that's a good thing. You know, it's a good thing if you're able to catch. 
<laughs> so we'll see. No update for Devonta Freeman, the running back for the Giants. Andy Dalton for the Cowboys. Now not only is dealing with a concussion, but is also on the COVID list. Yeah. So he is out for week nine. And really, the rest of our list, there are just a couple of people that we were able to get updates for. Austin Hooper, the tight end for Cleveland. He returned to practice on Wednesday, and after their bye week this week, he will likely return to the starting lineup You know, in Week 10. Sammy Watkins, the Chiefs have a bye week in Week 10, so they're likely not going to play him this week. He's dealing with the hamstring, but keep your eyes on that. He might return this week. We don't really have updates for any of the following folks. Joe Mixon, Tim Patrick, Miles Sanders, Alshon Jeffrey. Michael Thomas, Emmanuel Sanders, Adam Humphreys, Deontay Johnson, Jamison Crowder, and Mark Ingram. Wow. All with ailments. All, all without updates so far. <laughs> Basically all, all questionable. Yeah, they do think Emmanuel Sanders, who was on the COVID-19 list, will return to the Saints starting lineup this week. They haven't updated Michael Thomas yet. I'm really regretting in a different league drafting him in the first round. I yeah. will tell you that. Because he has essentially been injured the whole year. There's no way to predict, like, if a guy's going to get injured or not, though. Like, it, you have to just... No. No, just but my first two picks in that league were Thomas and Austin Eckler. So that's, <laughs> that's, that's where we are. That's rough. Is that the one that you're, you only have one win in? Well, I didn't want you to mention that. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, actually, uh, it's in the other league. So five and three in this league. That other league, I've had a couple of tough losses. I lost by a half point one game. But I am three and five. But I have a pretty good team. But yeah, I have I have Eckler on the IR. And then Michael Thomas has been hurt. But I get Will Fuller back this week. I think I'll be okay this week to get back to four and five. However, my third league... Yes, I am one and seven. It is a league I've been in when or in with uh, friends from high school for like twelve years now. I've only missed the playoffs either once or twice the entire time I've been in that league, and I am one and seven. I am trying to trade guys for draft picks at this point for next year's draft. It is by far the worst season I've ever had in that league. It, it's really a bummer. I think, I mean, it just goes to show you how different 2020 has been. I mean, even though football games are happening every week, things have been much different. Guys have gotten injured a lot more. And I think it's important to let the people know that you have multiple teams and, you know, some of them are good and some of them are not. And it happens to the best of us. <laughs> well, I appreciate that, I think. Uh <laughs> Yeah, it I is. Mean... <laughs> it has been. It has been weird, just from the respect that, uh, you know, like I can look, I can look back at the draft results and kind of see where it all went wrong. Okay. So I won the title last year, and partly the reason because of that was I traded for George Kittle, but in order to get George Kittle, I gave up this season's second round pick to get George Kittle, which was steep. And you kept Lamar Jackson in the and first my, round. And my keeper was Lamar Jackson, yes. So, well, technically the keepers don't actually, they're not actually selected until the very, uh, like the final round, but they're not on the okay. board either. But that doesn't matter. So, okay. so first round, I got Austin Eckler. 
we all know how that worked out. But then <laughs> since I won the league, I, I drafted 10th, right? So right. technically that was the 20th overall player because of the keepers. But then that next pick, because it's a snake draft, that next pick, I didn't have it. Yeah, well, that's right. So then basically 19 or I guess 20 picks later was my next pick. Quarterbacks are a lot more important in that league. We we draft or we start two quarterbacks and all that. I got Matt Ryan. So my oh. quarterbacks in my mind were solidified. And then right. with my next pick, the RBs were just basically all gone. Like in <laughs> in hindsight, there was Jonathan Taylor and a, and a couple of guys. I drafted Mark Ingram. And from there on out, the team, yeah. the team just really had no hope. Which I don't blame you. I was my best RB at at that point. Like, yeah, I would have taken Mark Ingram too. I thought he was going to do much more than he has done this year. Well, Um, yeah, same here. Uh, I drafted Robert Woods and DJ Chark, both who have been underwhelming, especially Chark. Yeah, Uh, yeah. That my team's got nothing. It's just like I I pick (laughs) up like four new guys every week just to stream them, stream the matchups, and see if something can stick. And yeah. nothing's been sticking. I oh. I also have the most points against by far, so I've gotten unlucky. So but, yeah, uh, so uh, part of it is luck too. Like we talked about last week, how Bethany has been uh, very lucky. She texted me this week. She's probably gonna listen to this. She said Elias must have been very bothered by the fact that I have been so lucky because he mentioned it to me, and then he talked about it on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then this week, uh, she lost. The oh, did COVID she? Oh, Crusaders she did. put up 193 points. Yeah. So her luck ran Which, out a little bit. Her luck she... ran out of, <laughs> by a lot. 193 <laughs> points. She still had a decent week, though. So if she'd have played some, if she'd played me, she would have won. If she'd have played you, she, well, how many points did you score? I scored 134. I think she no, was in the 130s been. as well. Uh, yeah. I don't remember off the top of my head how many points she had. But yeah, she had a, she had a good week. But yeah. yeah. Her her points against it, it looks a little different now. Yeah, that's true. We wanted to take a quick break to tell you about an app that we found. Thrive Fantasy is a daily fantasy sports app for player props. They have eliminated the need to do countless hours of research because they only ask you about the top tier athletes in a respective sport. For NFL games, choose 10 out of the 20 player prop options to build your lineup. Each prop has a fantasy point total associated with the over or under based on its likelihood to occur. The more points a selection is worth, the riskier it is. Rack up the most points to win a share of the prize pool. Now, the great news is we have a promo code to share with our listeners. You can use promo code BTBW50 when you sign up today, and you will receive an instant match up to $50 on your first deposit of $20 or more. Download Thrive Fantasy from the App Store or Play Store or by visiting their website at www.thrivefantasy.com. Sign up and prop up today. Again, use promo code BTBW50. All right. I think we're all done with the injuries, right? Yes, we, we are. Okay. We've got our good and bad matchups now for week nine. Yep. My first good matchup, Noah Fant at Atlanta. This is uh, one of your Broncos. Love so- Noah Fant. Just stay healthy. <laughs> Since returning from injury, Noah Fan has seen seven and nine targets in the two games that he's played. That's good volume for a tight end, and he caught seven of the nine in week eight against the Chargers for 47 yards. The only thing missing is the score, and that would have been a great game. Um, in week nine, Denver faces Atlanta, who, as we know, likes to hemorrhage fantasy points. 
and they give up the most in the league to the tight end position. They have allowed double-digit points to the tight end in six of eight games this season. The only team they didn't was against Carolina, who does not have really a fantasy-relevant tight end to speak of, unless I'm missing something. Um, They've allowed eight touchdowns to the position, three of which were in week four to Robert Tunyon. I think it is Tunyon. I thought it was Tonyan, but I thought I saw somebody post that it was Tunyon, like Funyon. <laughs> oh, I thought it was Tonyan. <laughs> I think it's Tunyon. I might be wrong, <laughs> but I did see that somebody said, oh, it's pronounced Tunyon, like Funyon. <laughs> oh, well, learn something every day. <laughs> um, Fant has not scored a touchdown since week two. Granted, one week was a bye and one week he didn't play. But I think this could be the week he breaks out and finds the end zone and has a really good game. I think he's a really good option at tight end this week. I love this. Uh, the Broncos <laughs> and Falcons are both right up there among the teams that love to find agonizing ways to lose the most. Uh huh. The Falcons this this year have obviously done that all the all the time. So maybe Noah Fant, you know, game winning drive, a couple big, uh, you know, late game scores. You never yeah. know. But hey, I the think Broncos did not find a way to lose the game last week. They won at the last second. It was amazing. Drew Locke. Drew Locke. Yeah. 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 I, I loved this past week and it was refreshing to see. Uh, I'm going to get this stat wrong, but I think we've talked about it before. But Vic Fangio, since he's been the coach, the Broncos have lost six games when leading under or when leading with, with under a minute to go. I think no. it's how it's gone. Uh, just agonizing losses left and right, oh. which obviously, historically, the Falcons, they've got some pretty bad losses as well. Yeah. <laughs> Elias dropped his microphone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, yeah, the microphone just went down. Down for the count. Well, it's still working, so we're, <laughs> we're good. Feel free to cut that out or don't. <laughs> Or don't. We'll just we'll just leave it in. Yeah. <laughs> so my first good matchup, <laughs> now that my microphone is upright, <laughs> is Justin Jackson, the running back for the Chargers. They are playing the Raiders. Jackson uh, seemed to solidify his role as the top back for the Chargers last week, despite RB committees and especially the one for the Chargers being super confusing all season. But still, in week eight, Jackson finished with a season-high 17 attempts for 89 yards. And this was against a Broncos run defense that has actually performed pretty well. So now he gets the Raiders, who have allowed the most rushing touchdowns in the NFL and the fifth most fantasy points to RBs. Chargers quarterback Justin Herbert should keep Jackson involved in the passing game as well. I think Jackson is only pretty much a touchdown away from getting into that 20-point range this week. So uh, I, especially with the injuries currently on my team, it's likely Jackson stays in that in that flex spot for me. Yeah, this the Chargers' backfield has been up and down, and Troy Van Pope came out of nowhere last week. I never even heard of him, and I tried to look him up on Yahoo Fantasy to see how many points he had, and he wasn't even on there. Like I couldn't even find him. Um, but Justin Jackson definitely seems like the favorite to lead the backfield. He's definitely overtaken Joshua Kelly and the Raiders like to give up points to uh running back. So I agree with you here. I think that's a good call. They, they do. And I think Jackson is, uh, 
less likely to be fool's gold as opposed to my other starting RB this yeah. week. Which is who? In the old matchups. I, I guess I can just do him now as as well. My my other good matchup at RB could potentially be Fool's Gold, and oh, I, but yeah, I'm not yeah. sure. And that is Damian Harris, <laughs> the uh, Patriots RB. They're playing the Jets. I can just get into Harris. Uh, sure. It's not a pick that I'm happy about. I think that Jackson <laughs> is a good pick. But Harris has a couple of things going for him this week, even though Patriots RBs are typically very untrustworthy as... Uh-huh. As you are very fond of <laughs> of pointing out, uh, the first thing going you know in his favor this week is the matchup against the Jets. New York has allowed the eighth most fantasy points to RBs. The second is that New England is going to try and find, I think, its easiest path to a victory. Right now, throwing with a struggling Cam Newton is not the best path. Yeah. Running the ball and keeping their defense off the field, I feel, is the best path. I expect a heavy dose of Harris, who is performing better than the other RBs. The only thing holding him back is if another RB gets the hot hand, you know, if it's Burkhead or, or somebody and he gets 15 carries. Yeah. But I, I do feel with the way Harris is running the ball, I don't think that's going to happen this we week. Know. This we week, know that- if any week, <laughs> I think this week is the week to play Damian Harris and actually feel a little confident about it. We know that Bill Belichick does not give a fuck who that running back is, though, and that is why I do not trust New England running backs. I just don't do it. And you're right. The matchup is great. You're right about the the New England strategy. I 100% agree with that. They're probably going to run the ball. But just because they're going to run the ball a lot does not mean that Damian Harris is going to be running the ball because we know how Bill Belichick is. And I think he takes pleasure in using one running back one week and one running back the next week he goes home and he just laughs and laughs and he's like oh my god all these people (laughs) played this running back in fantasy i think he does too (laughs) like i I don't think that he would ever smile about it because i just have a tough time even imagining him smiling (laughs) but i i I feel like he's watching you know he's watching espn and they're like talking about fantasy football and, and they're just like well, you know, we we were gonna start this guy, but he got all like the, this other guy got all the all the carries, and just like a little smirk comes yeah. over Belichick's face, <laughs> like, "Yep, that was yeah. my decision." Yeah, <laughs> but that's what I was gonna do all along. This guy was starting this week. This guy's starting this week. It's absolutely hilarious. I planned it out at the beginning of the season, <laughs> and maybe he does. You know, maybe he does. But if there was any week, I think it's this one. And the streaming options out there are getting kind of, you know, slim pickings as well. Yeah. So I think I think Harris is an option. Yeah. I'll let you have it, but I'm not I don't have him, so I'm not playing him. But I didn't pick him up because I didn't want to be in this conundrum of should I play him, should I not? Because I I didn't pick him up either. He was picked up in our league though. He could very well have a fine game. But don't be surprised if he gets two carries. That's all. He could have a fine game. He could have a (laughs) fine game. Well, and the other thing holding Harris back is he doesn't get a lot of receptions, basically none. So what they're going to need is a bit of a lead on the Jets, which is believable, Mm -hmm. and then just to pound the ball with Harris. So you know, it's possible. A a solid fifteen carries, maybe he can get to a hundred. 
Because yeah. Cam Newton, no matter who they're playing right now, can't move the ball. So they're going right. to have to – maybe they go full Ravens and three different RBs get 15 carries. You know, I, I'm not sure. That'd be all right. But that that game also, if you're talking about like the watchability level of NFL games this week, <laughs> I don't even want to see the highlights of, yeah. of Patriots-Jets. Don't care. <laughs> yeah, me either. Uh, my next good matchup is Cole Beasley versus Seattle. I didn't didn't choose Stefan Diggs here because you should be starting him without a question. Stefan Diggs in this game is a must start. Cole Beasley is one of those guys that doesn't get a lot of hype, I feel like, but he's very good. Uh, he's reached double-digit PPR points in six out of eight games, and he's gotten at least six targets in six out of eight games. Now, he's coming off a game against New England where he only had two targets, but Josh Allen only attempted 18 passes in the entire game, and half of those went to Stephon Diggs. This week, the Bills face Seattle, which, spoiler alert, we'll talk more about that later, the Bills and the Seahawks. Mm -hmm. Uh, But Josh Allen is going to have to throw a lot more than 18 passes to keep up with Russell Wilson, and as we know... We've talked about this a lot. Seattle gives up so many fantasy points to wide receivers. They've allowed 20-plus point performances to 11 different receivers this season, and six others achieved 11 points or more in PPR points or in PPR formats. They've given up eight 100-plus yard games, which is the most in the NFL, and 11 touchdowns to the position, which is tied for fifth most. So you could probably start if John Brown is healthy. I noticed um, we didn't mention it earlier. He popped up on the injury report. I think it's just probably a rest day since he's been so banged up this season. You could probably start John Brown, Cole Beasley and Stefan Diggs and expect double digit points for for all of them, I think. Yeah, I'd actually I had taken John Brown off because he didn't have an injury designation. And I don't know, maybe yeah. they added him back on. So it just That's said questionable, fault. but no, no, no. Yeah. I because I saw it before we um, started recording the show. But what I read was that it's likely just a rest day, so I didn't think it was worth okay. mentioning. Yeah, Cole Beasley seems like he gets double digits in in fantasy points nearly every week. Mm-hmm. Uh, very dependable. It seems like he does have a low floor. So if you're worried that you know maybe a McCole Hardeman could get. 18 points or something like that, but he could also get zero. Mm-hmm. You just never really know what the Chiefs are going to do. But Beasley does seem to have that floor where if you need to put somebody in your flex spot, you have a couple guys on by, yeah, he's probably going to get you 12 to 14 points and you're not going to really regret putting him in there. Yeah. So our good matchups for the Noah Fant, Cole Beasley, Justin Jackson, and Damian Harris. And I know you just went, but I would like I would like to talk about Lamar Jackson. Okay, okay. So my first bad matchup, my first sit of the week is Lamar Jackson at oh. Indianapolis. <laughs> so what is I'm happening get- to the world. I'm getting bold with this one. I knew you would be upset about this. I'm gonna go out on a limb and <laughs> Elias, his head is exploding right there now. Are lightning bolts going through my brain right now. <laughs> So I'm going to say, you know, this is going out on a limb here, but Lamar Jackson for me is not an every week start anymore. I think you have to question the matchup at this point. Uh, He's averaging 191 yards per game compared to 259 yards last season through the first seven games. 58 rushing yards per game compared to 82 yards per game last year at this point in the season. 
He has 14 total touchdowns this season compared to 17 last season at this point in the season. The drop-off being three fewer rushing touchdowns this year. Uh, He is the overall QB 14 in fantasy and standard scoring, which, side note here, Dak Prescott is still the QB 15, and he has missed three games. (laughs) Just for all you uh, haters out there who act like Dak Prescott isn't good. He's at least good for fantasy, even if you don't think he's good in real life. He's still the QB 15. He's missed three games. That is amazing. Anyway, uh, Lamar's had a drop-off this season, and this week they're facing Indianapolis, who gives up the fewest fantasy points per game to quarterbacks. They've only given up two games of 20 points or more to quarterbacks in seven games this season, and Lamar has four out of his seven games of less than 20 points. So... You may not be in a position to bench Lamar Jackson. You might have a love affair with Lamar Jackson and you uh, can't see the truth here. But uh, if you can bench him, I would. So I fall into the love affair, can't do it camp. (laughs) Uh, Can't stop, won't stop. I will play (laughs) Lamar Jackson. I uh, should have sat him for the Steelers game, as we talked about in the pod last week. I laid out basically all the reasons why I didn't feel that Jackson would have a good week, and then I played him anyway. <laughs> uh, Which he is does what's going to happen again. <laughs> he does have some very favorable games coming up, despite this week, the Colts matchup, obviously, as you just illustrated, not a good one. And he still has to go to Pittsburgh. However, for late season and fantasy playoffs you've got tennessee dallas and then the fantasy playoffs cleveland jacksonville and the new york giants yeah so definitely there are gonna be games where you're gonna want mr jackson in the lineup and as you mentioned just uh so he had 17 total touchdowns at this point last season and then 14 this season Mm -hmm. so he threw 36 touchdown passes last year so that means maybe he's a second half guy maybe uh Maybe he's got a long way to go. Maybe, but and yeah. I'm not saying I don't don't drop Lamar Jackson, dear God, whatever you do. <laughs> no, I know. I'm not I know, saying I that. But in all uh, in all seriousness, I uh, I am very disappointed. I thought he would do. I didn't think he would do the same as last year. Yeah. But the Ravens' offense in general, as we talked about a lot, I just don't quite understand exactly what they're doing this week with Pittsburgh. Was the first time that they had really tried to run the ball as much as they had mm-hmm. they had dobbins and and edwards and jackson right all had like at least 15 yeah 15 carries and that's really what they did last season was just run the ball and just ground teams you know to the nub mm-hmm. so maybe that's what they're going to go back to it's tough to tell but jackson they it's a it's a formula which is why when they do lose these big games that's why they lose them is because they these other teams have taken them out of their their formula the titans did not let them run the ball in the playoffs last year jackson had to throw without the benefit of play action Mm -hmm. and it didn't work they have to run the ball effectively and continuously throughout a game even for the pass to work it's all just to just for Jackson to continue to be a quarterback in the league, everything has to kind of fit together in a nice puzzle. Yeah. And it, it just hasn't been happening that way. But the turnovers were the most surprising part, I thought, of this yeah. past week. 
Yeah. Uh, and the Ravens still should have won. I mean, if he just doesn't fumble down there at the four yard line and maybe they punch it in. Also, Jackson was called down at the goal line and then got a touchdown vulture by Gus Edwards. So he could have had he could have had maybe 20 fantasy points despite all the all the turnovers. But uh, he could have, but it didn't. But he didn't. You're yeah, 100 <laughs> percent. So I think it's a good call. Um, but are you still going to start him? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm still going to start him because just the ceiling is so far up there. But you're right. Uh, it's likely going to blow up in my face. So with that being said, my first loser of the week is mm-hmm. Amari Cooper. Mm. I guess not loser of the week, is it? It's a bad matchup. My first bad matchup of the week is Amari Cooper, wide receiver for Dallas, and they are playing the Steelers. I mean, loser of the week could count too. (laughs) He might be. (laughs) So apparently Ben DiNucci is out and Garrett Gilbert. Yep. Garrett Gilbert or Cooper Rush will start at quarterback for or home team Dallas Cowboys. Wow. I did not know that. So, uh, but another week of Gilbert, Rush, Danucci, whoever for me means another week of most of the Cowboys' offense not being a starting option. Cooper had just one catch for five yards against the Eagles last week, and despite Cooper's opponent this week, Pittsburgh, uh, they've allowed plenty of points to opposing receivers, but the Pittsburgh defense and the pass rush are still among the best in the NFL. I expect Gilbert or Rush to get absolutely terrorized when you, I don't know if either one of them has made a start in the NFL and your first start is not, you don't want it to be against TJ Watt. No, and not with the Cowboys offensive line and the condition that it is in. All of the issues. I I think the quarterback is just going to have a terrible day. Mm -hmm. None of the Cowboys pass catchers are attractive options this week. Even one like Cooper, who got seven catches each game with Andy Dalton when when Dalton was the starter. Cooper was still a very r- relevant fantasy option, and his numbers this season are fantastic. A lot more than I thought. A lot better than I thought they would be at the beginning of the year, but I was very wrong about the Cowboys receiver situation. Yeah. Well, but uh, I do not think Cooper, Gallup, um, or Lamb, I don't think any of them are starters this week. You know, I while I agree with you, I think this was a revenge pick because you saw me choose Lamar Jackson. So you just had to choose. I wish I could. I wish I could tell you that I was like, <laughs> oh, I got to pick a cowboy now, but it honestly uh, didn't happen that way. I do agree with you. Unfortunately, it is hard to trust Amari Cooper, especially if we don't even know who the quarterback is going to be. But he only got five targets last week. Caught one of those for five yards. Uh, Gallup was the target favorite, followed by Dalton Schultz. I think the strategy might, even though the quarterback is different, it might still be the same strategy. They're going to try to run the ball, which they did not do very successfully last week, and then try to pass, you know, screen passes over to Michael Gallup, let him try to make plays. Maybe they'll get Cooper and Lamb involved in that, but there's really no way to know or trust any of them, which is really sad. Yeah, well, it is because <laughs> ideally Dak would still be playing and just tossing the ball all over the yard, but yeah. it's uh, it's not the case. It's not. Uh, my next bad matchup for the week is Corey Davis versus Chicago. I like Corey Davis a lot in general. I think he's been great this season. 
He's gotten double-digit fantasy points in every game that he's played in, but this week I'm going to stay away from him. Tennessee is facing Chicago, who has been very stingy to wide receivers. They've only allowed one 100-plus yard game and two touchdowns to the position all season. I'm anticipating and hoping that if anyone uh, has this sort of production, that it'll be A.J. Brown. I'm still starting A.J. Brown against Chicago. I feel like you have to, but Corey Davis, I'd stay away from if I could. Yeah, and and Tannehill hasn't been the same in recent weeks either. Yeah. I, I think Davis has uh, a bright future for the rest of the season, but I would agree. I I don't think he is someone you should most likely play this week. Yeah. So guys that we would sit this week, Lamar Jackson, Corey Davis, Amari Cooper, and then my final one is Teddy Bridgewater, Mr. Bridgewater. Quarterback for the Panthers at the Chiefs. You can find uh, lots to read out there on on the interwebs about Bridgewater <laughs> not doing well against teams that blitz effectively. And the Chiefs and defensive coordinator Steve Spagnolo, they do just that. Uh, the Chiefs' defense is also allowing the fourth fewest yards per pass attempt to quarterbacks and the third fewest points per game to opponents. Just 19 points per game the Chiefs are allowing so far this season. I don't think the big plays will be there, and no matter who the starting RB is, whether it's McCaffrey or Davis, Bridgewater will have to keep up with Mahomes, which I just don't think that the Panthers are in a position to do right now. I think he's going to turn the ball over as he tries to keep up with Mahomes. And uh, Teddy is someone that I would avoid as a streaming option for this week. Yeah, I agree with you. Kansas City has been very good against quarterbacks this season. And old Teddy is not the uh, most high-octane passer out there. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) He's had some good weeks, but I agree with you. If you're looking, if you're questioning whether you should start Teddy Bridgewater, you're likely streaming the position or your starter is on a bye. And I think there are definitely better options out there than Teddy Bridgewater. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of which, some other starts we have this week, especially one at quarterback, since we were just talking about Teddy, we would start Matthew Stafford at the Vikings then some other ones at other positions. Antonio Gibson versus the Giants, Mike Williams versus the Raiders, Jared Cook at Tampa Bay, Chase Edmonds against the Dolphins, and Brandon Cooks at the Jaguars. Yeah, and one, I mean, we already said that Kenyon Drake is likely to miss week nine. Whether he'll miss more than that, we don't know. But I think even if Kenyon Drake does play, I think Chase Edmonds is still a good start against Miami. Um, Some other sits we have, Ryan Tannehill versus Chicago. We already kind of mentioned him. Marquise Brown at Indianapolis, Wayne Gallman at Washington, and Jonu Smith versus Chicago. I'm smiling because I'm I'm thinking about the uh, m- microphone crash and how it'll sound <laughs> on the podcast. <laughs> so we've got a uh, we've got two more things to cover. First of which is our game of the week, which is Seattle at Buffalo. The first time we've had the chance to circle the wagons so far this season on game of the week. How do you feel about this one? I. So Seattle is a two and a half point road favorite in this one. The Seahawks offense is prolific. We know this. They've scored at least 27 points in every game this season, and they average 34.3 points on the road. The Bills have struggled the last few weeks, but they've shown they can be high scoring as well. 
not in the last couple of weeks, like I said, but early in the season, they were very high scoring. Uh, they'll have to be this week in order to keep up with Seattle. Josh Allen, this makes me happy. <laughs> <laughs> he uh, has not thrown a touchdown in the last two games, but that will have to change this week against the Seattle defense. That gives up the most fantasy points per game to wide receivers and the second most to quarterbacks. So uh, Seattle's slightly better in the running game, but still pretty average. Buffalo, on the other hand, has a better defense. But I still think the Seattle offense will prevail against that defense. Um, I'm starting all the regulars in this game. Russell Wilson, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, Chris Carson, if he plays. All without question, I'm starting them. On the Buffalo side, I think this is the week you can expect Josh Allen to bounce back. He's had some down weeks, but I expect a good game. I'd roll with Stephon Diggs, Cole Beasley, like I said, maybe even John Brown. Um, Seattle has given up double-digit fantasy points to three different wide wide receivers, if I can speak. (laughs) (laughs) Seattle has given up double-digit fantasy points to three different wide receivers in at least four of seven games this year. Uh, As far as the Buffalo running backs, I think you could start both of them maybe. I think Moss is a better start, but both got 14 carries last week, and that's enough to get 10 to 15 points each. Neither team really has a tight end I'd start, and I think Seattle is going to take this one on the road, and uh, lots of fantasy points will be scored. Yeah, I'm also taking Seattle. Uh, The story of the game for me is whether Buffalo can keep up. Yeah. Basically, uh, Seattle has allowed the second most points to QBs this season, but Josh Allen right now is not the same player he was early on in the year. He's not. <laughs> Seattle allows the most points to opposing receivers, but Stefan Diggs hasn't topped 100 yards since week five, and Seattle performed well against San Francisco last year, or last week, rather. By the numbers, Seattle is better against the run than the pass. So you think Josh Allen will have to air it out, just as you said, to keep up with Russell Wilson, who is likely the favorite at this point for MVP. Mm-hmm. And Buffalo's defense hasn't been close to what we saw last year. Still a lot of talent, but they're allowing a lot of yards. So just like you said, I think everyone is a starting option here. Uh, maybe you're a little bit more confident this week in Josh Allen than I am. Which, really? Which says something. You're, That's surprising. You know, <laughs> the, the the Bills Mafia is going to be coming after me here. <laughs> uh, in the end, though, I do think Seattle's going to find a way. The way that Buffalo's offense has been playing in, in recent weeks, I just uh, I don't trust them. But Beasley and Diggs, definitely good starters. Maybe Davian Harris for the Patriots over Zach Moss or, or Singletary this week. I don't know. I don't know. No, I I think Singletary and Moss are both pretty good starting options, at least in your flex spot for this week, especially. But yeah, lots of fantasy points to be had out there. Hopefully the Bills can make this one fun and it can be, you know, a 30 to something, do a 30 to something game. And there's a ton of points, but uh, we'll see. It kind of all rests on the shoulders of Josh Allen. I do. I will say this. I do think Damian Harris has... (laughs) (laughs) A higher ceiling than either of these running backs, but a much lower floor. Oh, yeah. He could get zero for sure. So, But, you know, last week I repped Jonathan Taylor. So, you know, it's just 
things happen. Things happen. <laughs> he could have a great week because I also repped Ayuk and he played great. So yeah. we shall see. We shall. Uh, this. So our game of the week, Seattle-Buffalo. We're both taking Seattle in a very high-scoring affair. Hopefully lots we, of fantasy yeah. points. We, we hope. Yeah, hopefully. So uh, our starting lineups. Our starting lineups for this final or I guess our final segment, not the final week. It's only week nine. Oh, thank God it's not the final week. <laughs> uh, so I'm projected right now to win 131 to 121. I do have Lamar Jackson in there against your advice. If he plays terrible, be sure to roast me next week, which I'm sure oh, I don't. I will. I'm sure that goes without <laughs> saying. I'm sure you will. At this moment, I still have Calvin Ridley in my starting lineup and Chris Carson. And then I have Godwin on the bench. All of that is going to change. But at this moment, Justin Jackson in my flex. My starting RBs, Derek Henry, Chris Carson. Tight end, Mark Andrews. I picked up Eric Ebron. I'm really considering switching those guys out because Andrews is just doing nothing recently. Yeah. Got Ayuk in my other receiving spot. Uh, on my bench, Tyler Boyd, who has a bye week. Drew Brees, Antonio Gibson. Gibson could get into the starting lineup potentially if Carson is out. Deontay Johnson, who is just permanently not going to play. <laughs> and then uh, I got Brandon McManus in the kicker spot. And then I dropped the Philadelphia defense and picked up the New York Giants defense against Washington. Now, it's funny. I mean, it's not funny you say that about Deontay Johnson, but I remember in like week two or something of this year, Deontay Johnson was looking so good, and you were like, yep, he's just a permanent fixture in my lineup, and now he's just a permanent fixture on the bench. <laughs> well, week one, he got hurt, I believe. Actually, we can we can look at it. Week one, he got hurt. 9.7 points. Oh, no. So he just got 9.7 points, and then week two against Denver, he had 23.2. He had 13 targets, and week one, he had 10 targets. All that volume is there. He actually had a punt return in week two that got called back as well. So he should have even had more points. And that's when the wheels fell off. He got hurt in week three. They had their bye in week four. Then he got hurt in week five. He got a zero in week six. Wow. And then it just got to the point where can I play him? Can I not play him? I didn't trust him in week seven. He got 29 points. And I didn't trust him in week eight. And he got 1.6. Yeah. So Very up and down. You're you're right. You're you're totally right. I so I've tried to make him happen this this year, you know, and it just it hasn't worked out and it's very disappointing. Just like Gretchen Wainers couldn't make fetch happen. She couldn't do it. Um okay. Are you, did you finish your starting lineup? Mhm. Okay. So sure mine did. this week, I am projected to win, but I think I was projected to win last week too. So as we know, that shit does not matter. Um, <laughs> my starting lineup, I'll just start at the top. Justin Herbert is my quarterback of the future. He's playing Las Vegas. I'm just. Gonna... I really should have picked him up when I had the chance. <laughs> I I needed a quarterback way more than you though, because you've got. Drew Brees and Lamar Jackson. So yeah, yeah. I mean, sure, but <laughs> I, I want Herbert now. <laughs> well, I got Justin Herbert starting for me this week, and then my wide receivers with Kenny Galladay out. Well, he's listed as doubtful, but I think they ruled him out, right? Mm -hmm. 
my two wide receivers, A.J. Brown and Allen Robinson. And then my RBs look a little bit different this week. Just a little bit. My I got Todd Gurley in there against Denver, which I'm not thrilled about, but hopefully he'll continue his touchdown, uh, whatever you want to call it. Hopefully Let's he'll speak. get a touchdown. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then Chase Edmonds is in my other RB spot against Miami. He's projected pretty much like an RB one. So if Kenyon Drake doesn't play him, he's a must start. Or yeah, if Kenyon Drake doesn't play. Edmonds is a must start to me. And if Kenyon Drake does play, I think Edmonds is still a viable start. Uh, and my tight end, I've got Dallas Goddard on a bye. And so I'm playing Jared Cook against Tampa Bay. And then in my flex, not thrilled about this, but I've got Clyde Edwards-Elair versus Carolina. I feel like the matchup against Carolina is so good that you still have to continue to roll with him. And my only other options... With Miles Gaskin out, Kenny Galladay out, Kenyon Drake likely out, are Christian Kirk, who I acquired this week off of the waiver wire, and then Leonard Fournette and Marquise Brown. I'm not playing Marquise Brown. I've pretty much given up on him, but I feel like I cannot drop him. Kind of the same thing with you and Deontay Johnson. Can't drop him, but scared to play him. Yep. Uh, so I acquired Christian Kirk, and I've got Leonard Fournette. Fournette might be a good option. Um, they are playing New Orleans, though, which is a tough matchup. So we'll see. I don't know what I'm going to do. But my kicker still is Daniel Carlson and then Washington's defense against the New York Giants. Oh, our our defenses are uh, playing each other, huh? Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I think Kirk would be a good play. He's had three weeks in a row where he's exceeded expectations, at least exceeded what he did in the season prior to that. Yeah. Um, they so, are playing Miami, though, who we just talked about. Their defense kind of overperforming. Yeah, uh, they're they're hot right now. We'll see. We'll see if that holds up. Uh, I did pick up the Miami D, as I said, and as a speculative ad in a different league. But uh, we'll, we'll see how it goes. But if they perform well against Arizona, that'll be four weeks in a row. And you'd, you'd think at that point that it would be for real. Yeah. But... Uh, if you've got to this point in the pod, thank you for joining us and thanks for uh, you know, taking your mind off the election. I for, have <laughs> for you know, about true. an hour about an hour and fifteen minutes. I was very distracted from the election, which is uh, the first time all day that I have not thought about the election. And it feels good. Um, just one quick note here that just popped up as I'm looking at my matchup. My opponent has Ezekiel Elliott on his team listed as questionable. And uh, it says he was limited in Wednesday's practice. It's a new issue for Elliot, but not one that appears to have his week nine status in danger at the moment. And as we know, it just continues on to say he's been extremely poor fantasy starter since Dak Prescott's season ending injury. Things aren't any brighter this week against Pittsburgh, which we already know that, but. Just something to yeah. keep an eye on. Doesn't look like he's in danger of missing the game. This, I think this popped mm -hmm. up as I was looking at the screen, the little icon thing turned blue, but keep an eye on that. All and right. The hits keep coming for the Cowboys. Yeah, for sure. Oh, that's that. That's the show this week. Uh, thanks for listening. If you like the show, please remember to subscribe and leave us a review. Find us on Instagram and Twitter at BTBW Podcast. We post our weekly waiver wire ads over there on Tuesdays. 
and we answer your start sick questions all week long. We get trade questions all the time. We try to answer those the best we can. As we've said before, we are not great with the trade questions. Neither one of us like to trade very much, but we do the best we can. <laughs> they, they are fun, though. They are, yeah. All right, good luck in week nine, and we'll see you next Thursday. See ya.